Hey everyone, it's Sarah from the For Us Not To Us podcast. Today I have something really special planned for everybody, for you guys. So, uh, this is the first of an interview series I'm doing. Uh, and, like, I've done a bunch of the interviews already and, like, there are still more yet to come. And I'm really amazed by, like, how much I've been able to learn by... Uh, just interviewing these people, and I'm sure you guys will be able to learn a lot too. So, Erin LaGrasa is an energetic entrepreneur, landing her several successful companies in a multitude of industries. Money matter, Money Matters Arizona, Classic Corner Garage, Embody Movement, and Phoenix Surf. She is outcome-focused and has an uncanny knack for driving results, radiating light, and leading team members through the finish line. Whether it's at the helm of a multi-million dollar surf park development or guiding movement on the stage of the world's number one success coach, Tony Robbins, Erin is always looking to impact lives and elevate consciousness. She is a seeker of growth and catalyst for success. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy. This is Erin LaGrasse I'm talking to. So yeah, oh, let's get right into it. So you are an incredibly high achiever. You started four businesses, including the Embody Movement, your like amazing dance or rather healing movement company, which has a contract with Tony Robbins at the moment. But you always strive for more. You're always going. What drives you to grow even after you have achieved all of these things? You know, I've always been a lifelong learner. I love learning. I love growing. I love pushing myself to the limits and finding another level. And so you know, I believe probably some of that has been socially conditioned to be an overachiever and a high achiever, but also I love the feeling of progress and I can't imagine myself achieving something and then doing nothing (laughs) because just like Tony says really is in nature, if, if something isn't growing, it's dying. So, you know, that's why I always achieve and, you know, a lot of the things that have gone in my life lately, I'm really becoming a lot more interested in being as opposed to doing, doing, doing. So I am in the stage of my quest that I'm really honoring the feminine nature inside me, which is, you know, meditating more and being in touch with nature and in touch with myself. And the ironic thing is, is through this part of my journey, I, you know, things have just come towards me as opposed to me working hard and pulling things and grinding and hustling. And that's just a really great experience. So all my hard work and my achievements over the last 20 years in business have really come down to some great growth in terms of allowing things to flow as opposed to trying hard to make it happen. So I will forever be growing and finding the next level in my business in my personal life as a mom or as a wife or as just a human, I will always be growing and finding another level. (laughs) So you said why you be instead of do, but Mm -hmm. I'm curious when you are being, how is it possible to continue to achieve when Mm. you're being instead of doing, because I kind of feel like a misperception is being is like, meditating and closing your eyes and kind of just being still and not really doing anything. How exactly Mm -hmm. do you still achieve 
amidst this being. Right. So it's funny that you asked me that question because that's been a topic in one of the circles I'm associated called the dream team. And it's rather new for me because literally I have achieved great, amazing things over the last 20 years because of achieving and doing and doing and doing. (laughs) When I honestly movement and, and seeing that sets my day up for success, no matter what, when I, when I sit in gratitude and that's my morning routine and allowing myself to have that because I have two young kids, nine and six and allowing myself to do that sometimes before they wake up, sometimes after they wake up work, wake up, but not being critical of the fact that maybe I'm not getting to the office at a certain time or I'm not starting my day at a certain time. And I, I feel that because I have put in the work, I have worked hard, I have taken massive action in my life for such a long time, that now is the time for me to be a lot more as opposed to do. I'm not saying that you can't just be, you know, when you're a tween, but I also believe there's a, there's a, synchronicity of actually taking massive action because it's a must if you want to have a successful business and achieve you know a certain amount of money or a certain amount of contribution in the world you will have to take action you do have to take action you have to take massive action you have to get things done and so it's not just doing nothing all day it's saying okay my outcome for the week is this My outcome for the day is this, and I need to do what it takes, and I will do what it takes to get it done. And I don't know if that takes me five hours or if that takes me one hour, then I need to ensure I'm also honoring myself and being quiet and breathing. And if I'm grinding and hustling and getting things done, take a moment, take a break, take a walk in nature, connect, and that's okay. Or when I start to feel tension in my body, step away and just take a break. And that's all right. I have a little rebounder, a little trampoline in my office and two of them at my home. I bounce on that thing for one or two songs and I feel better. At least I'm here to radiate my light and uplift other people and uplift humanity. And so I know that I have to do as well. I have to take action. I'm in such a flow for doing, doing and taking massive action over the last 20 years that things just tend to materialize and occur for me a lot more smoothly than they maybe did before. And, you know, that you have to have patience and take time and allow that to happen. Okay. So that last thing you said about shining our light to the world kind of mm-hmm. resonated with me, right? Because I feel that me, me personally, and so many tweens, I, I've, I can't tell you how many tweens I've met that do this. They tend to dim their light so mm-hmm. others can feel special. They tend mm-hmm. to dim their light so they don't feel left out or excluded. Do you think this is something that we should be doing, first of all? And mm-hmm. if, if not, like, what do we do to avoid it? Absolutely. It's such a good question. <laughs> because I did that for a while. I did my light because my light is bright. And it's meant to shine. And honestly, we are all different and we're all the same, right? We are all humans and and just navigating this world 
the best that we can with the best that we know how with with the tools that we have and not everybody has the exact same family or the exact same opportunities but it's a disservice to you in the world if, if you make it about humanity and people around you and friends you know if you see a friend of yours laughing and cracking up and just having fun i feel like maybe i'm right you can tell me like it's kind of hard to to not laugh with them and mm -hmm. not be happy and 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 that is the effect you know you can have you can feel it if someone walks in the door and they're in a bad mood you're like you can feel that energy and to remember that we're all made up of energy if you look under your skin with a microscope it's energy it's movement that's what we're, we're made up of frequency and energy and so if you if you realize that if i'm this person who stands in my truth that's how i that's what i'd call it if you have the courage and courage means that it's scary but you do it anyway if you if you practice that skill that's a practice it's a muscle you have to continuously build if you practice the skill to show up as who you are truly like I'm a silly, funny person, and maybe people think I'm weird, but I don't really care. If they think I'm weird, then I don't really want to be their friends. Or even if they do, and they they still love me, great. But if they think they're weird and they want to be negative or, or say bad things about me, then why would I want them to be my friend anyway, right? Surround ourselves with the people that want to be uplifting, and they want to see our true light. What brought you into this healing movement, and how can we use it in our daily lives? Well, I believe that humans are meant to move and humans are meant to sing. And if we do it for ourselves and we move our bodies, it, it just gets us in tune with who we truly are. It's kind of another way of meditating and connecting to our human self and our spiritual self and, and God and spirit. And, you know, if you have something going on that's painful, I believe in the world, some of the world's scariest diseases and dis-ease is created by lack of moving those challenges through our energetic field and our through our body. Go and you put on some headphones and you turn on music that just, maybe it's a, like a gnarly hardcore rock and roll, or maybe it's soft music or whatever it is you need. And you just move your body however it feels. Like if it's aggressive or if it's, flowy or if it's soft you would be surprised at how healing that is because you're moving the energy and you yell and you scream and you chant and you just act like a crazy person with movement it moves that experience through your body as opposed to getting stuck and so you can use movement every day it just aligns you it just naturally aligns you i i think because we're naturally, we were meant to move. We are made of energy. Energy is life, life force. Life force is energy. It's, 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 that's, what, that's what we're made up of. Tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurship journey. What was the spark that got you into entrepreneurship? <clears throat> my mom has had her own business for 30 years. My, my, her dad also had a business for his whole life. And aside from that, um, my current, my now husband have been with him for almost 20 years now, about, thank you, about six months after we met, he decided to start a skateboard company and asked me to do the books and to help. And I had 
at that point done like one accounting course in college and I was always good at math and science. And I was like, okay. So that started the, that was the spark that started as soon as I started that business when I was 20 years old. And before that, you know, I always babysat and I started a club and we raised money and went to a water park here in Arizona. I've always kind of been a natural leader. And I think it started when I was just young. Um, and I, and I always liked, if I'm honest, the control of things and, you know, nobody really likes to be told what to do. And so I wanted to be my own boss. And when that spark began and I was 20, I've never worked for anybody as a whole, like my real career has, I have always had my own business. And so it just, like I said, everything happens for us. <laughs> that first business was extremely difficult and it taught me a lot about what I know in business, you know, more so than my college degree more so than anything. It taught me a lot. And so since then, I love business and I love talking about business and it's one of my favorite things. That's, can business and school coexist at the mm -hmm. same time? Would you have started a business as a tween if you had known everything you know now? Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> your parents might kill me for this and anybody's parents might kill me for saying this, but I am now not a very strong believer in college. I have a college degree. I think that there's benefit in certain industries. I think that I was always told I need to go to college, get a degree, never necessarily have to, you know, to be a certain thing. However, I went to college for two years after high school, Arizona State. And then I'm like, mm, I want to go to LA and dance. I wanted to dance. So I moved to, I moved to Hollywood to dance. And of course, this is where I met my husband. And, you know, what I say, three, five, five months later, we started our first business. During that time, you know, Tony says not to learn by trial and error. And there's so much, so many resources now available for you. You don't have to. I would, I'll say this, I would way rather pay Tony Robbins for business mastery, then get a college degree. It's expensive and it's sometimes silly in my opinion. I don't, I think a lot of the courses that you're required to take have no relevance whatsoever. I did learn a very great basic knowledge of accounting, which is huge for business. The lifeblood of business is cash and you need to understand the language of business, which is accounting. You have to understand that. So I do believe you can do both. I did both. And I, I don't regret going to college and getting my degree. I'm glad I did it. But I do think there's such more, there's so many more resources out there without getting in debt or spending so much money on a degree. How do you recommend we can get into this world? Us as tweens, how can we get into this world of entrepreneurship? Like, how can we get off the sidelines and get in mm -hmm. the game, per se? I mean, because you're tweens I think the best thing would be to go after a passion of yours what do you like if you like math okay you know one of my businesses I have is is a bookkeeping it's a virtual bookkeeping business we've been virtual for 10 years now and there, you know how many bookkeepers there are it's not like it's some special business you know I just like numbers and I like accounting and so I have a gift and I can share that with the world. And it doesn't, it didn't start off. I've, I've, I started off because I was good at, it, good at it. And I started off with my mom's business and a girlfriend of mine. And then it grew from there. 
and I just tested it out and that's okay. And some things are going to work and some things aren't going to work. You know, you just start. People are just afraid to start. People are afraid that they don't have all the things ready. I don't have a website yet. I don't have, you know, money to, to do it. I don't have, you know, enough knowledge. So what? Not everybody does like start. That's what I would say is you just start. You say, okay, well, what do I think I need? Okay. Well, my, I need an idea. My idea is to make shirts. Cool. I'm going to make these really cool shirts and I'm going to sell them. So what do I have to do? A, I, I might have to make a couple bucks and, and maybe make like five shirts, make some shirts and then sell them easily. All you have to do is what? Sell it on a social media platform. You can sell it to some friends. You can go to, you, there's, there's so many ways and then see how that goes and be like, oh, this is working. This isn't working. And then where do I shift? What do I do next? You know, it's just one foot in front of the other, front of the other. You don't have to have everything to be able to start. That's what I would say. So you don't have to have everything to be able to start. A lot of us feel a fear of like, what if we fail if we don't have everything? Like, what if you fail? 100% of success is from 99% of failing, right? And, and I don't like to say failing because it's not failing. You're learning every single time. Every time you do something and it doesn't go the way that you thought it would, is your, it's just a lesson. It, it'll be like that for your whole business career. It's not, it's, not, it's not losing. You're not losing. You're, you're learning everything. And so I'll give you one example. Four days before Business Mastery last January, I got a call, a call from a, a, I was a plat partner, which is a Tony Robbins plat partner. It's a, it's a person who goes to all of his events. If those of you that don't know, I don't know. If in a year, you pay a large sum and you go to all of his events and you have proximity to some of the most incredible humans that exist, like, like Sahana right here. So essentially, four days before Business Mastery, a girlfriend I used to dance with called me and said, Aaron, I had talked to her in a couple of years. Tony Robbins needs dancers. I'm like, what? And she didn't know that I was a Tony Robbins plat partner. She just knew I'm very good at getting things done. And I have a very good resume in the dance world. And she thought of me. I was like, in that moment, I had a day to have a Zoom interview, create a new business, find dancers, get them to Florida and get on Tony's stage. I didn't have that business before. I just, I just had faith. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then what if I fail? Yeah, of course that thought came through my mind, but that's not the driving force. My focus is I'm going to do what I have to do to make this happen. And I'm going to go now, right now. I'm not going to hesitate. And so I jumped and I had faith that the, the net would appear. So there is a little fear, of course, but then I, I just know I'm alive with the fear. Everybody's going to have fear that I'm going to fail, but I haven't failed. It hasn't failed yet. So now it's almost a year later and I'm still on Tony Robbins stage for every single event. So I didn't, I created that business in a moment and it was just out of oh, wow. divine timing. It just came to me. And this is what I'm talking about. The opportunities will come if you pay attention and then you execute, you've got to execute. You got to take massive action. I took massive action when the time came, when the opportunity came and to believe me. Bringing this interview to a close. Can you give us some final thoughts on how you remember that life happens for you, not to you? Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I cheered in the NFL. So I was an NFL cheerleader. And then I became the director of the cheerleaders. I was a coach. And I got fired. 
And that was devastating for me. And that sucked. I'll be honest. Nobody likes to get fired. But I know it. Let me tell you, if you've ever been to an NFL football game, it's amazing. You're 70,000 people and the energy and the crowds. And it's fun. It's awesome to be on that field. However, if that, if I wouldn't have gotten fired, what is that, 15, seven years ago, who knows if I'd be on Tony Robbins stage, you know? And I mean, being on Tony Robbins stage has been the most incredible blessing. And it's such an honor to be able to serve people through movement in a very different way that I know it happened for me. It was a hard time to get fired and go through some of the stuff I went through, but I know that happened for me because that wasn't my path. My, it was my path at that moment, but, and my path was to get fired. <laughs> but now I'm on a stage that one man generates an energy and a, and a, and a love for humanity stronger than any, you know, any stage I've ever been on. And I know that it all happened for me. It didn't happen to me. It happened for me. That's an amazing way to close off our interview. Remember that for us, not to us is a way of life. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Awesome. Bye. I hope you liked that interview. Uh, if you did, please remember to add this podcast to your library. Go listen to a full thing. It's over there. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this interview. Uh, and I know you will have fun listening to it too. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, but if you like that, please add this podcast to your library. Go back and listen to the full interview because that, that was just published. And I'll see you in the next one. Uh, remember that life is for you, not to you. And life, life is for us, not to us. <laughs> and for us, not to us is a way of life. Bye.